The following pre-recorded program is paid for by SSI Guardian. Welcome to Living Well with Dr. Peg with your host, psychologist and author, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Living Well with Dr. Peg explores a variety of mental health, wellness, and safety topics brought to you by SSI Guardian. Living Well with Dr. Peg shares effective and practical psychological strategies based on biblical principles for living well and staying safe. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat. Visit drpegradio.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Hello, listeners. Are you feeling stuck? Are you ready for a change? If so, I'd like to invite you to participate in one of my upcoming Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreats. Kick off the new year with a time of refreshment, reflection, and strategic planning in a full-day VIP small group retreat. We'll explore where you are, determine where you want to go, and identify what keeps you stuck. You'll leave with a personalized plan to accelerate your personal transformation and help you walk in freedom and purpose. Go to drpegradio.com to reserve your spot in a Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreat. Well, meanwhile, it's time for another episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by our sponsor, SSI Guardian. We're coming to you from Denver, Colorado, and streaming around the world online and from your smartphones. If you missed last week's episode or any episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, be sure to go to drpegradio.com for the program archives, and also check out drpegradio.com for information about the show, my sponsor, and all of my mental health, wellness, and safety services, books, and retreats. Well, you're in for a treat Five years ago, I interviewed newlyweds Langston and Shanika Jacobs, and they spoke of the challenges and rewards of being newly married. And today, five years later, they're now also parents of two boys, Elijah and Josiah. How do you find balance in marriage, parenting, and ministry? Well, to help us answer these questions, Mr. and Mrs. Jacobs are back with us, Langston and Shay. Welcome to the program. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for having Thanks us. For having yeah, us. The how how time flies. It was five years. You yes. guys have been married for about two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. I re-listened to the episode mm-hmm. um, in preparation for this one, and uh, it's still to date one of my favorite interviews. Not, number one, because I love you guys, and um, Thank you. I've known Shay for a while, and had recently met. I actually met you at your wedding. Um, well, actually, I met you a few. D- few weeks before but okay. really only talked to you for the first sure. time at your wedding and um just knew Shay you know picked well and uh so just a delightful interview and listeners you can go back in into my archives and listen to the Jacobs as uh newlyweds and um now today we're going to be talking about um just catching us up on the last five years <laughs> in one hour or less so tell tell the listeners just a little bit about your backgrounds and and how you how you actually met and uh, who, who likes to start uh, that story. <laughs> well, uh, I'll uh, graciously um, start. Thanks for having us, Doctor. Oh, you're Pitt. welcome. Um, my my background has um, been as far as um, parenting wise. I'm uh, single. Um, come from a single um, parent. Mother mother raised me. Kind of a very matriarchal system. I did grow up in church. Um, you know, was baptized at the age of five. Mm-hmm. And, 
just, you know, through all that, just really trying to find God at the next level in church, you know, mm-hmm. was baptized, kind of, you know, done all the right things, mm. accepted a um, a call in ministry on my life at age 19 mm. and um, for at, at age 25 helped um, found found a ministry in wow. Muncie, Indiana. And a lot learned a lot through that um that situation and learned a lot through the um church and and just kind of learned a lot the the learning process mm-hmm. continues to go um go as you said 5 years ago Shay and I um got married and I thought I knew everything <laughs> I thought I had gotten to the apex of life I I had planted this Langston conquering type of flag on top of the mountain but I didn't know that that was kind of like the first step of a new journey. Mm-hmm. So, so you you thought you had everything you needed to, to oh, make definitely. this work. Oh, definitely. I I thought I I was I thought I was like um, Andy Griffin on the um, <laughs> on on the, on his show that you know I had the sheriff's badge, I had everything, I had my deputy, I was good to go. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. Well, Shay, now there's always two sides to every story. <laughs> Um, tell us a little bit about your background, how you guys met, and kind of where you were five years ago when you first started out on this journey. Yeah, so a little bit about <laughs> my background. Uh, I grew up uh, single-parented as well. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as my Christian walk, I had uh, de- I delved right into a lot of ministry, um, you know, before I met Langston. And it was so extremely... Um, just engulfed in so, so many wonderful things at the time that I wasn't even looking or, you know, I had it like, okay, God, when you want to do this, but my spirit had settled with such peace. And mm. so uh, how we met Dr. Peg real briefly is uh, Langston has a, a cousin named Felicia and she, uh, I got to know her through a mutual acquaintance and she reached out to me one day via email and asked if I was single <laughs> and if, um, you know, if I was interested in getting to know somebody. And at first I told her, um, no, not right now, because I'm really busy. Mm, I was super focused. (laughs) And uh, eventually I said, well, if he can wait maybe about three to four weeks, because I was just getting into jumpstart. I was just finishing up some personal school and family goals. And uh, her response was that, oh, he understands. And yeah, whenever you want to reach out, that'll be fine. And Mm -hmm. three weeks later, after that initial kind of invitation I uh reached out and uh we exchanged emails and kind of began our get to know you journey yeah. from there and it evolved very quickly yeah yeah praise the lord well uh I first met you Shanika through your ministry yeah I had gotten a flyer you mentioned jumpstart and you had something called a women's worth ministry yeah and I had seen your flyer and I was like wow this looks so good I've got to meet this person who's doing this because what you were doing so aligned with with my ministry and my professional work. And so um, I just reached out to you, kind of cold called you and said, can we meet? Because I really like what you've put together here. I've got to meet you in person. And I I felt we hit it off right away. We had a lot of mutual interests. And um, you just had at the time a very beautiful ministry that literally was changing lives, helping to change women's lives. And, um, and so it's interesting to hear you as a single woman saying, well, I'm just so busy and so involved in ministry. I'm not even really looking right now because that's not the perception we have of women today. Single women seem, uh, at least as they're portrayed in the media, you know, they're looking and desperate and can't wait to meet a man. And it 
doesn't even matter, you know, where he's at. He's just got a pulse and, mm-hmm. and he's breathing. And so to hear you say I, you, uh, you were so focused on ministry, that wasn't even a priority at the moment. I had transitioned to that place, which was a place of healing for mm-hmm. me. I mean, prior to that, I had seasons where, you know, I was always like wondering, who is it? Yeah, where is he yeah. coming from? <laughs> and God had just, you know, sealed up my heart to know that in due time, Mm-hmm. Uh, that he was in control. Mm-hmm. And so I had given my whole heart and dedication to doing what I knew to do. Mm-hmm. And that was God had called me to um, be serious about his business. And the ministry he had, get, he had given me was was changing lives. Mm-hmm. I humbly look back and say, mm-hmm. I have no idea what you were doing. And so um, I think, you know, transitioning to that place was a healthy place mm-hmm. for me as mm-hmm. as a woman who longed and desire to be married. And right. when the opportunity came, I was like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amen. And just um, to know, you, you know, the individuals whose lives you've touched and, and um, help them receive healing and transformation. And to know that you could have missed that, uh, that privilege had you been focused on things out of season. True that. Yeah, yeah. So you all um, met and you said it, it moved pretty quickly and moved towards marriage. What were some of the things that you all were kind of evaluating? I had a guest on my show uh, recently, a spoken word artist, uh, Genetics, who had a, has a very, very um, well-known uh, spoken word piece called I Will Wait For You. Mm. And um, her marriage vows were a second follow-up poem called I Waited For You mm. and just talked about some of the personal hurts and wounds she had been through in her life and um, kind of how she was settled, became settled in a place of waiting on the Lord for who he was going to bring into her life. And then um, just uh, their their lives together as a married couple now and what the Lord is doing. What kinds of things did you anticipate when you came together uh, were going to be um, exciting or or even challenges? Langston? Mm-hmm. Well, I I, um, I want to go back to a couple of things that you said earlier, Dr. Pegg, when you were talking about your seminars and do something different mm-hmm. and time for a change. Mm-hmm. And also a word that um, Shanika spoke of, and that's being engulfed. Mm. I, I think about Mary and Martha, the two sisters, and mm-hmm. I think that was me. <laughs> I think Which I was uh, I think I was Martha. Mm. And you can get so engulfed even when Jesus is there, even when opportunity mm-hmm. is there, in just doing tasks. Mm-hmm. And the King James says, Martha, Martha, you are cumbered about many things. Mm. And so she Mary did something different. Mm-hmm. She sat at the feet of Jesus. And I, and that was a challenge that I had to do um, is to do something different. And 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 um, maybe it's a man thing. Maybe it's, you know, thinking I had everything figured out, thinking everything like that. But I had to do something different. And that something different was actually submit to God's plan. Mm-hmm. And God's plans are not always our plans. <laughs> and his thoughts are much higher than ours. And so I, I'm just really blessed to hear a lot of these a lot of these concepts because some of these same concepts are concepts that that I continually challenge myself with on a daily Mm -hmm. basis. Yeah. And you know, the Lord uh, showed me uh, the opening prologue of my book, do something different for a change. I was struggling and striving to save a failing marriage at the time and was reading books and trying this. And next month I'm going to try that. And then month after that, well, let me go scramble and do this. Just trying to, you know, desperately save my marriage and I heard the Lord say, um, 
do do something different. <laughs> and he said, yes. do nothing. Yes. You know, you've done enough. Do nothing. And I was like, what do you mean do nothing? But f- in that season, doing nothing was something different. Mm. And sometimes the very different thing we need to do is to be still. Mm-hmm. We are so engulfed, as you both put it, and we're so busy mm-hmm. running here and running there and doing, we think, for the Lord. But that's something different sometimes is to slow down, mm-hmm. be still, and really hear from him. Mm-hmm. And- Dr. Pegg, if I can, I think mm-hmm. one of the other challenging terms that we have as Christians is that of patience. Mm-hmm. And I think we put deadlines on ourselves um, as far as especially when it comes to marriage and relationships. And you cannot put deadlines on God. You know, I, I thought that at age 20, it was going to be the year I was going to get married. Mm-hmm. Age 21. Hey, mm-hmm. pop the champagne. 25, 30 and so forth like that, because there were these different benchmarks mm-hmm. that I had set upon myself when God is it was saying all along to wait. Mm-hmm. But I had I had my own concepts and own, you know, ways of trying to do things and so I had to let those go. Mm-hmm. And you know, growing up in the church though being a single man for quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, there there starts to become questions and <laughs> people question everything from your sexuality to your sanity. Mm. And um, you know, and so th- those are some of the challenges that I face and I had to get rid of what everybody was thinking, mm-hmm. what everybody may have been saying and not even worry about that. Yeah. But to wait mm-hmm. on God, which isn't easy. Yeah, yeah. And Dr. Peg, you know, you were mentioning that, you know, what were some of the you know, things that we did beforehand and expectations and going back to before I met Langston, I had a really great season of healing Mm, and um, it proved to be fruitful even moving forward um, through our engagement and our marriage. And um, I thank the Lord that I was in that season where I was focused on Lord, show me me Mm -hmm. because if we as individuals, as singles prior to getting married, don't take time to do a personal, a spiritual, a financial, emotional inventory on our lives and have what I would say now is a come to Jesus time yes. to be in in reality on w- what's my junk. You know, who yes. am I really? Who am I as an individual? Because sometimes we go into a fairyland place on hmm. I can't wait to be a spouse or who am I as a wife or who am I as a, um, you know, as, as a mother. And it's really who, who am I as a daughter? Who am I as a daughter in Christ? Who am I as a woman of God? And so God really nestled me. That was part of that wait season that I wasn't ready to talk to Langston. Mm. I was just finishing up some deep healing Mm -hmm. and some personal reconciliation and some family reconciliation And so when I said if he could wait a few weeks, it's Mm. because I was deep Mm. in this season Mm. of trying to, you know, get answers and heal and hear from God that while this was exciting, it didn't excite me so much Mm. at the time because I wanted to be sober. Amen. Wow. Yeah, that's a good word (laughs) right there. And so um, I I trust a lot of fruit came from that waiting on in in both of your cases. And and so what what are some of the things that God has revealed to you now that you're five years in 
Um, and and I again, listeners, I encourage you to go back and into the deep archives, deep <laughs> five archives, years ago archives, archives on the on drpegradio.com and look for that new, it was called the newlywed game yes. was the name of that episode yes. um, with my guests, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Langston and Shanika Jacobs. And so I trust there, there's been a lot of fruit and some of the ways that uh, the Lord has revealed himself to you over this time. Can you share, share some of that? Well, I, I think some of that revelation is that it takes two. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes as, as a male, or maybe it's just personality specific, you know, I have a tendency to want to fix things. And, you know, you think about some of the, um, old talk shows where the, the male would always try and fix things and, and they would end up worse or there'd be, all, they say it's fixed and there's all these spare parts left. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, I had to learn that it takes two. And I learned, had to learn to be, um, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing that, um, to kind of coincide with, what Shay was saying about the, the deep level of healing, I had to learn to not wear a mask. Um, mm-hmm. The Lord, even as the Lord started to minister to me, as I was ministering at that time, it was ministering to me a lot about me, mm-hmm. about oh, yeah. removing the mask. Of, about <laughs> so, for, and, and that's what's the beauty about marriage is there is no mask. Mm-hmm. There is no need to hide. There is no need to not share. Sharing makes things more intimate, and so does transparency makes things much more intimate. Mm-hmm. And isn't that always the case? I'd say the Lord, 99.9% yes. of the time, if I'm praying about someone else and Lord change them, yes. 99.9% of the time, the message is for me. And uh, where where that the there's transparency in marriage, I also yes. see marriage in our spouse as a mirror. It is. To help us see ourselves better. It is a mirror. Um, I think for me, You know, one of the words that the Lord spoke to me throughout the marriage is, you know, humility. Mm. Humility goes a long way and some practical things, gentle answers, humility, consider someone better than yourself. Uh, You know, through some of the transforming times in my in our marriage, um, as the Lord was speaking to me, he would tell me, you need to pour out your cup. Mm. And what that meant was. You have. All of these ideas, expectations, and perceptions of how you thought this marriage would be. And I need for you to pour out your cup mm. so that I, in turn, can, can give you something and replace your expectations and your ideas with what's really true mm. and what's really necessary and what's the core things, right? Love. You know, and uh, and and he showed me this vision. And, and as Langston and I talked very transparency, Langston's cup was more empty mm-hmm. and his cup. God could feel he would he would say, hey, I've never been married before. Um, there's a lot I don't know. And so everything I'm fleecing the Lord for. Mm-hmm. And so his cup was empty and God could fill his cup up. My cup was so full you couldn't put anything in it because I had I had I had plans and ideas and notions and <laughs> mm-hmm. this is the way it should be and this is the way I think it should be and the way I want it to be and the way I kind of imagine it to be. And so those were some very transparent times and very humbling times. Not that all the ideas are bad, not that they were ungodly right. ideas, but to come under the yoke of God's covenant to partner with your partner and say, but where are we really Mm -hmm. where we thought we might be on some areas might not be the reality where we are. So how do we back up and take a really quick 
picture of where we are mm-hmm. so that we can be on the same page, move together, right. you know, versus, you know, telling him, catch up with, catch yeah, up with yeah. me over here. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is what we're doing. Yeah. I'm doing, you know, and so a lot of things I just had to simmer it down mm-hmm. and make room for a, a greater expansion versus what I thought it should right. be. And so, um, again, not all of your expectations may have been bad on they their weren't. face, but they right. weren't necessarily God's uh, expectations in this season for you right now. And what a level of, of humility is required. That was one of the words you used um, in terms of the lessons and, and fruit and, and um, revelation is just the humility to say, well, I don't know what I'm doing and not be defensive about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Langston, when you say it takes two, it really, as we know, takes three, yes. that three-stranded yes. cord. Mm-hmm. And so the humility to say, okay, it takes two of us. I can't do this by myself. And that third supernatural uh, mm-hmm. party to to the covenant mar- marriage. And, and that third um, party is the word of God. When we think about humility, I think the opposite of humility is vanity. And vanity, you know, um, as the, you know, tale of narcissist, he looked at himself and fell so in love with himself that he couldn't see his flaws. But the marriage mirror, I never knew I looked so bad. <laughs> And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really humbling because you have to look at your at the law of truth, which is in James. You know, you have to look in that word and then measure yourself upon that. Mm-hmm. And you have it's like we're continually playing tennis or playing volleyball and we're trying to keep the ball up. But if I don't serve the ball correctly or set up correctly, there there cannot necessarily be a good finish. And mm-hmm. so I had to look at myself and say, you know what? I cannot, I need to look at myself in God's mirror and God's mirror is showing in a reflection of my spouse. And so let me go to the plastic surgeon. Let me go and, and see what's going on with me and go under God's, um, God's special, you know, plastic surgeon. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And so there's, there's been, um, some other kinds of fruit over the five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all are now parents mm-hmm. uh, to two boys Elijah and Josiah. Um, talk about how that has changed the marriage. <laughs> and Shay's <laughs> Shay has a, a look. <laughs> well, um, in in, in um, Mr. and Mrs. Jacobs, the uh, newly led, we skipped in here five years ago. Here we, we we were searching for diapers for the babysitters, trying to get the kids the the right type of meal and. You know, and so it's it's a difference. There's a different energy um, because it's not just about me and Shay anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about um, Shay, Shaynika and I plus two mm-hmm. and plus two um, wonderful boys that are in high need ages of their life. They need a lot of adult attention. Mm-hmm. My smile represents the joy that I have from parenting. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm now a stay-at-home mom and so I get to experience the boys in such a different way ongoing it's you know they're very 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 fun and full of life and they they bring a lot of joy mm-hmm. to Langston and I mm-hmm. um they bring a lot of, of meaning it's like they gelled our little family together now there's definitely been challenges from one to the next but I would say overall uh, I, I, I'm, ex- I'm so excited to be their mom. Mm-hmm. And just as, um, marriage 
takes us away from a level of self-centeredness we didn't realize existed in ourselves. If we think that is a refining enough process, add in a child, add in two Add in two boys, you know, that boy energy is the synergy together. And that really will strip you of uh, remaining self-centeredness, won't it? Yes, it will. And energy. (laughs) Yeah, and energy and sleep, right? Yes. That's right. But again, the rewards far outweigh that that sacrifice. It's such a sacrifice of love. Yes. And so how how did things change um, from one son? So you talked about, yeah, there was a big shift after the first child was born. But how does it change now when the second one um, comes along? And, and, and um, honestly, once Shay and I um, discovered that we were pregnant, I got a piece mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I, I wasn't looking at everyone else's model and so forth. I said, God, this is what you have planned for us. Mm-hmm. And so although I looked at, you know, our, our small house, I looked <laughs> at our, you know, checking account and I looked at it, I said, God, this is a blessing because this is something that you are You're doing. doing. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then we get to see God work. We get to see God glorified in in our need, in our excitement and anticipation. And then the reality of, oh, wow, we're going from, you know, one to now, you know, married to three to now four. Uh, it gives God an opportunity to be glorified. And, and we'll be uh, hearing more about some of those tales of two boys in a moment after our break. Uh, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor and a little bit of news. And uh, when we return, we'll hear more from Langston and Shanika Jacobs, married couple and parents. Don't go away. We'll be right back. One needs to look no further than today's headlines to understand the threats facing American schools. They remain soft targets for violent threats, and yet our schools go largely underprepared. Our children deserve the highest level of education in the safest learning environment possible. The SSI Guardian QAL, or Quick Action Lockdown, is the fastest and safest way to lock down a classroom. This revolutionary device provides schools with maximum locking protection while meeting all safety, fire, and building codes. Designed by the leading lock experts in the world, the QAL is the only Lock that meets Department of Homeland Security primer recommendations. SSI Guardian QAL now makes classroom lockdowns fast and safe with the red button. As a parent, you have every right to demand that your child is afforded the best classroom protection. Take action today by calling SSI Guardian at 877-878-5800 or go to guardianprotect.com. That's guardianprotect.com. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. President Trump paying a visit to CIA headquarters in Virginia this afternoon, where he's expected to address a group of about 300 workers at the intelligence agency. Earlier today, he attended services at the National Cathedral in Washington. Hundreds of thousands of mostly women have turned out in the nation's capital and other cities to tell President Trump they won't let his agenda go unchallenged. The turnout was so big in Washington, organizers scrapped plans for a formal march to the White House. A tornado that tore through some southern Mississippi overnight has left four people dead in Hattiesburg and a trail of damaged homes. And Louisiana authorities say a man who shot and killed an ex-girlfriend and a police officer who tried to help her has died hours after shooting himself. The man shot himself in the chest after threatening for hours to jump off a bridge spanning the Mississippi River. This is SRN News. (laughs) 
If you are a Colorado veteran and you are not in a VA mortgage, you've probably been lied to. If you're a veteran and not in a VA mortgage, 99% guaranteed you are paying too high a rate, throwing away thousands of dollars a year to a bank that will never tell you they're taking you for a ride. As a vet, you're entitled to use a VA loan over and over again. You should be paying zero in mortgage insurance, and you can take out 100% of the value of your home for paying off credit cards. Your bank is never going to tell you how much you're throwing away, but I will. I'm Brian Murphy, owner of Front Range Mortgage, a local Colorado-only mortgage team that has helped hundreds of veterans to drop their mortgage insurance, save thousands, lowering their payments, and pay off high-interest credit cards. Call me and my local team for a painless five-minute conversation to see how much we can save you. Our number, 303-500-1900. That's 303-500-1900, or visit frontrangemortgage.com. And I'm last 378844, regulated by the Division of Real Estate. For centuries, it's been called a land of promise. Today, it's a land of blessing. In 2017, come and experience for yourself the only place God called my land. Experience Israel next fall and celebrate Jerusalem's 50th anniversary. A once-in-a-lifetime trip awaits. Tour Israel like never before during nine exciting days. You'll visit Galilee, the Jordan Valley, the Garden Tomb, and many other historic sites. Embolden your faith as you trace back the very steps of Jesus and experience firsthand the beauty of Mediterranean landscapes, culinary delights, and return home with a renewed vision for your life. A dedicated team of passionate and knowledgeable professionals will lead the tour. Four- and five-star travel accommodations will give you comfort and safety for the duration of the trip. For full cost and trip details, visit experienceisraeltour.com. That's experienceisraeltour.com. To learn more about living well with Dr. Pegg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark. Welcome back, everyone. My guests today are Mr. and Mrs. Langston and Shay Jacobs. And we're talking about the transition from married life to parenting. Not one, but two lovely boys um, full of energy and life and joy. And um, Shay, talk a little bit about now that you're a full-time stay-at-home mom, uh, what some of those... um, Changes in priorities and uh, maybe sacrifices that are being made, but clearly, you know, the joy on your face, there are rewards uh, that are had. Uh, You went from working full time and having a career to now being at home with the boys. What's that been like? Well, it's actually been overall pretty fun. (laughs) Um, I did not think that I would be busier than um, I was when I was in the workforce, mm. and I am much busier. Mm-hmm. Um, so being home with the boys, it gives me a lot of joy because I get to teach them. Mm-hmm. I get to spend time with them. The ages that they are right now, they're uh, two. Josiah just turned two a couple mm-hmm. of days ago, and Elijah's four, mm-hmm. and he does go to preschool. So that gives me a little bit of break um, with him. But uh, during this time of transition, I've I've had some time to just kind of sink in and heal mm. um, from a fast, busy, you know, full paced five years mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, we had a quick engagement, quick marriage, working. Langston has finished our master's program. Mm. I'm in school now. Um, birthing, you know, having Elijah. 
and then Josiah, and then just kind of like, whoo, it's been <laughs> like a marathon. It's yeah. been a whirlwind. Yeah. And so um, I'm in a point where I feel great that I can enjoy my life and I'm developing just things to do for balance. I have mm-hmm. a entrepreneurial spirit. So I have a few things kind of going on in conjunction with raising the boys and I'm finding that I'm just getting a lot of joy out of life. Mm-hmm. Amen. And similar, when people retire, they often say they work more. They're they're busier now in retirement than when they had a job. It yeah. sounds like uh, there's so many other responsibilities and things that you want to sow into your children's lives that you can end up being busier. Yes. Uh, and you said a key word is balance. Yeah. And um, uh, some time ago, I had my pastor, our pastor, yes. members of the same church now, on the program, Apostle Phil Smith, and he talked about balance and busyness and yeah. um, how critically important that is. And that really is a recurring theme of this uh, program as well. Um, and so I'm glad to know that you're paying attention to that. And so for you to be at home full time, um, Langston, that that puts a, a shift uh, in terms of responsibility on you as well, where Shanika has stepped out of the workforce um, here you are now the sole provider. Talk about what that transition has been like for you. Well, it's um, it's been challenging, but um, one one of the blessings is is in that balance. I have learned self care, mm-hmm. and I, I had no idea what self care meant or anything like that. And and part of my um, self care is I need to unplug, mm-hmm. and sometimes I need to just unplug at home. And so I thank God for a home and for a family to just kind of unplug it. And and sometimes the best unpl- unplugging is doing nothing. So mm-hmm. I get the chance to do that to recharge. I'm an introvert by nature, so kind of that alone time, that home time, really gives me a chance to recharge. And I've learned not to bite off too much Mm -hmm. because if I'm unhealthy, Mm -hmm. I'm not healthy for my family. And so balance is also for me, too, because uh, there was a time when I was working too much, trying to, you know, fill the the role of a man. But I was I felt like my candle was burning at both ends. Mm -hmm. I, I felt extremely stressed. And so learning how to balance that as well for me. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And that that's so critically important. Um, You know, you talked about both of you really uh, being raised by single parents and um, Langston for you um, being raised uh, by your mom and now being a father yourself of two boys. What things uh, have you drawn from your experiences as a boy growing into a young man that are motivating you or inspiring you or informing you on how you father your children, your two boys. You know, I, I think um, a life is a lot about, you know, feelings and, and pain and so forth. And so I try to use my pain as a propeller or platform mm-hmm. that I don't want my my sons to experience this. And so when birthdays come around, you know, I want to make sure that they know dad is here when when special days come around and also just to know that that there's somebody that's willing to speak up for you Mm -hmm. even when you don't have a voice and so i i I try and be what i missed Mm -hmm. um do i hit the mark every time no but i also i i have to go to father and that's that's why i love you know our, our our pastor apostle phil he calls him father and so I'm learning in the moment sometimes, just when I'm getting ready to go into sergeant, drill sergeant mode, 
God says, you know what? That's not the way I operate. And mm-hmm. that's not the way I operate it with you. Mm-hmm. Real in drill sergeant and become father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's a mm-hmm. powerful message um, mm-hmm. for myself as well. Um, not having my father in my life um, on a day to day basis. He was in our lives, but not in our household. Um, I really uh, appreciate Father God as as mm-hmm. my heavenly father, mm-hmm. that one of his roles and one of his um, uh, identities for us is Absolutely. as our father. And, and what a what a, a comfort and a joy that is for all of us, regardless of our age. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the important things uh, for fathers to focus on uh, when raising boys? And, and we hear that a lot as well in the media that. Uh, you know, thank God for single mothers. And um, I, I always hear people say when a when a athlete scores a touchdown, he looks directly into the camera and says, hi, dad. No, he never says that. Right. He always says, hi, mom. So, of course, we all value our moms and especially those raised by single moms. We appreciate them. Uh, but it really is different for a father raising a son. And so what are some of the things that you focus on raising your boys into young men? Well, I, I feel like sometimes I'm being parented along with him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning process for me and also learning that they have their ways of showing appreciation. Although they may say, you know, mom and hi, mom, I love that because mm-hmm. I cannot be Shanique and I cannot mother the kids the way. And so I like that this, this is an analogy, uh, Shane, and I were talking about the other day around Shay, the kids really feel that overwhelming love and that compassion and so forth. And around me, the kids really feel that safety. Mm-hmm. And I said, so with us as a perfect team, That's because great. so oftentimes fatherless feel don't feel safe. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if something goes bump in the night, you know, who's going to get it? You know, if, if if there's something that's going on that's challenging at school, if there's, you know, a kid in a neighborhood growing up without a father, you really don't have that patriarch to go to and say, you know, hey. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and also to know that men have feelings, you know, I, I, I cried in front of my boys, you know, I, and, and I don't mind doing it. I'm not ashamed of that. Mm -hmm. And to let them know that, that their feelings matter and that they matter and, and feelings aren't right or wrong. They just are. Mm -hmm. And their future wives will appreciate that because that's one of our complaints as women, right? Is um, sometimes we feel our men are shut down or, uh, mm-hmm. emotionless because the culture raises yes. them that way. But if we really do look at God, the father as our role model, God certainly has emotions and he expresses yes. them. Uh, you talked uh, Langston about safe and loved that uh, through you, they feel that sense of safety and protection that gives them the freedom yes. to, to grow and to be in Shanika, that, that anchoring in love. And um, that's what all children need to feel safe, to feel loved, and finally to feel affirmed and valued. And so I'd like to ask you, Shay, about um, each of the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're each unique because we have a habit. I have twins. Thank God one is a boy and one's a girl, else I might have not been able to resist the urge of just lumping them together. True. We tend to um, treat our children like they're exactly the same and exactly the same as us, but they're each unique. They're very and so unique. in feeling loved and protected, that other third piece is feeling affirmed and valued for who you uniquely are. Yeah. Talk a little bit about uh, Josiah and Elijah and how, how different they are from one another. Yeah, sure. Uh, Elijah is... He's an extrovert. Mm-hmm. He is a people person, 
and uh, he's a little nosy. So he is so aware of a lot that goes on, even if he doesn't appear to be paying attention. I grow and find out a lot about him, conversations that come up later. He'll, he'll say, Mom, do you remember this? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll be like, I didn't even know you remembered that mm-hmm. or were paying attention. Josiah, he is quieter. He's an observer. So mm-hmm. he takes a lot in. Um, you know, one of the things I'm doing now, making cake pops. And um, I have been trying to get Josiah to talk to talk um, more and use his words. And he's just kind of a little bit resistant. He understands everything we tell him to do, mm-hmm. but he won't talk. Mm-hmm. Well, on Thanksgiving morning, he decided to just give us all whole, a whole bunch of sentences mm-hmm. and uh, tell us a whole bunch of stuff. One of the things that he would say is mommy cake pop. And so he'd been <laughs> holding back all of his words, you know, for an iconic moment to let me know. And so I, parent them according to their needs and their love languages. Mm. Uh, Elijah is, um, I do a lot of words of affirmation Mm. for him and quality time. And we'll do this, you know, one-on-one type of time because I get a lot of one-on-one with Josiah. Mm -hmm. With um, Josiah, he can be a lot of physical touch at times and, uh, you know, just lots of hugs and kisses Mm -hmm. and, you know, and so... I just I temper them differently based on what it appears to be that their love languages are. So I spend quality time with them both, but I love on them a little bit differently mm-hmm. based on their needs and their age differences. They're right. two years apart. Right, right. So, yeah. And that's important to recognize. I think um, many parents uh, may not have enough information about um, developmental stages for children and um, the two year old who's a little bit rebellious or defiant or let me do it, I want to do it, they get punished for that instead of recognizing that's normal for a two-year-old to be exerting their budding autonomy uh, and then to recognize that one child may may have a preference for, as you said, their love language might be physical touch versus uh, words of affirmation. So really recognizing that and how important that is. Uh, When we come back from the break, I'd like you both uh, to talk about um, how you're nurturing their relationship as brothers, because I think that's an important piece as well, is not just how they're uniquely different and how the transition has been for you all as a married couple and now as parents, but we sometimes forget about that sibling dynamic and how that really shapes our personality and our, our ability to function as we mature. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Schools can no longer afford not to invest in a professional evidence-based advanced safety education training program. It's the single most important decision and investment a school administrator will ever make in their professional career. When all else fails, training and preparation are the only things that will increase your chances of survival in a violent incident such as an active shooter or active terrorism. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training programs tailored to your needs. While there are many basic training programs largely based on opinion and emotion. SSI Guardian is the only advanced training program of its type with an accredited continuing education unit or CEU issued by an accredited university. SSI Guardian has set the new standard in advanced safety education by providing evidence-based advanced training and solutions to learning institutions, faith-based and professional organizations. To learn more, call SSI Guardian today at 877-878-5800 or visit guardianprotect.com. 
To learn more about living well with Dr. Peg, visit drpegradio.com. And now, Dr. Peggy Mitchell Clark. I'm back with Mr. and Mrs. Langston and Shanika Jacobs. We're talking about marriage and parenting and um, making those transitions. And you have two sons, Langston, um, Elijah, and Josiah, um, three, four and two? Yes. Four and two years old. Almost five. Almost five. Five and just turned two. Yeah, yeah. So talk about uh, their relationship as brothers and siblings. I think that's an area that often gets overlooked as as we talk about our our lives as adults, as singles, and we talk about our lives as married, newly married, as we talk about transitioning to parenthood. But one of those dynamics and seasons that I think often we forget about is that sibling relationship. This is the person who's probably closest to you your whole childhood. You may even share a room. Some even share a bed. They share clothes. (laughs) Um, And and they're just with each other um, a, a lot of the day. Uh, especially before they go to school. But even once kids are at school, they're often in the same school together. Talk about that sibling relationship and um, how intentional are you about nurturing that? Well, um, Shay was talking about how it's it's just amazing the differences of the boys and the similarities. They all like sugar. And so they, <laughs> they, there's, you know, a donut is not safe around the boys. But um, being more, more um, sober and, and serious, um, just recently, um, the I can't remember what the what the actual um, disagreement was between the two, but the core disvalue was disrespect. Mm. And so, um, you know, I, I I stopped them, and you know, Shay got involved, and I said, "This one thing that we will do: we will always respect our siblings. We respect everyone in the house." And so, number one, knowing that number one that you have to respect one another. Um, also I try to meet them where they're at. Um, I, I, I love superheroes. My kids love superheroes. And I think about the, the Incredibles, um, and they were a family that of superheroes and (laughs) each one of them had a different superpower or gift or spot, but together they made a family and I can't do everything. Shay can't do everything. There's certain gifts that Elijah has, and there's certain gifts that Josiah has, even though he's just two. But together, we make a family, and everybody's worth is equal. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sitting up saying, you know, I, I want I want to be fed first. I want the biggest piece of steak because mm-hmm. I'm a man and all that, and all those, you know, kind of barbarian, kind of chaotic, you know, um, not, not chaotic, archaic, archaic, mm-hmm. you know, um you know, male experiences, I'm not like that. You know, Mm -hmm. kids, you guys can eat first, you know, choose this and, and, and so forth like that. So I really challenged them to respect one another. I, I, the, the hard thing that I'm having difficulty with is having them work out their own conflict. Mm -hmm. I want to come in and blow the whistle and say, stop you in this corner. So I'm trying to, trying to massage that Mm -hmm. relationship where they learn how to problem solve themselves with coaching. Yeah, there you go. mm -hmm. That's great. Because when, when we jump in and rescue them prematurely, they don't develop those problem solving and compromise strategies. Uh, And they're just doing what you're telling them to do rather than really internalizing that. But it's hard, isn't it? It is. I mean, (laughs) as Langston mentioned, it's it's refereeing most of the time because of their age. Josiah has just turned to Elijah. We've had a lot more time and then his age is a little different. So he understands some concepts, but um, 
The issue is with them, Josiah is a little bit more rough. He He's the one that kind of bites and scratches and, you know, <laughs> fights and gets away with it a little bit. And so we're at this junction where I um, encourage them all the time. No, you apologize. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. And so every day we kind of have that. But on a practical level, on how do I encourage them being brothers and letting them know that they they should love one another and be important on a practical level? I, I, I tell them that. Uh, we spend time together. I teach them about the concepts of sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have them to greet each other every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they come in and they greet me, I say, tell your brother good morning and give him a hug mm-hmm. and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Even if they go to bed at night, most nights is tell your brother good night, you know, give him a hug. Mm-hmm. And so they've, they have a, a, an affection for each other in a brotherly way mm-hmm. that. I even hear Elijah like, well, I would like for Josiah to come with me. Mm. And and I also give Elijah the option to choose sometimes if he just doesn't want to be bothered with mm-hmm. Josiah to give him his one-on-one time. Right. So giving them freedom and space within measure. Uh, I, I've been working on both of them with some disciplining lately. And, um, you know, it's been really amazing with Elijah. I've learned some concepts from school, which is precept, principle, and then the person. And so as I'm disciplining them, so for example, the, the, the precept is to to not tell a lie Mm -hmm. um, because it's like the ruler, the command, don't tell a lie. And then the principle is, well, if you tell a lie, someone won't believe Mm -hmm. you and it will discredit, um, you know, your character. And the person is the ultimate reason we don't tell a lie is because we are children of God. And God is always true. And Mm. so God kind of helped me weave these three facets together so that as I'm training them and teaching them, we're instilling back into them the character Mm. of God. Mm -hmm. I don't just not tell a lie because it's a bad thing to do. I might get caught. Mm -hmm. Consequently, we don't tell a lie because we're raising them in the identity Mm -hmm. of being godly young men. And it's because we ought to mirror Christ. Amen. That's so helpful. Um, Any listeners who have young children or they may be educators, that's a really great way to personalize it. Um, We're living in, you know, a society today where you don't tell a lie unless you can get away with it. (laughs) As long as you don't get caught, it's okay because it's self-serving. But to really show people, show children, here's the consequence. And especially here's why we don't, because it's, we're in the image, made in the image of God, and we're, we want to model the example he set for us. That's awesome. So um, in an earlier conversation, uh, you all pointed out, and um, it's a wonderful reminder, uh, that your family is your ministry. Uh, we all have heard of um, pastors of churches and uh, founders of ministries who, um, you know, they've made their mark on the world and for the kingdom through their ministry activity. But meanwhile, their families are either falling apart or really missing the leadership of that father figure in the home. And or in the case of a, of a female ministry leader, just not being there. Langston, um, say more about that. Your family really is your first ministry. Well, it's, it's something that I had to learn. It didn't come, you know, automatic because when I was single, I, I ministered for, for decades. And so I think it's it's the practicality, as as my wife said. And, and the Lord reminds me every time I look at those boys is that I have an opportunity 
to basically preach nonstop <laughs> because I, I have a, an opportunity to really teach, to have Sunday school and to have it there where I can really pour in what God is giving me to mm-hmm. them. Whereas in, in, in a pulpit ministry, after 15 minutes, people are ready for you to sit down. And so, but I have a chance to do it constantly as, as we're during playtime, during educational time, while we're eating. Mm-hmm. And so trying to seize every opportunity, um, because I think that's what the Christian walk is, ceasing every opportunity, you know, to, to, to do right, to, to do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And both of you talked earlier about balance. And so when looking at how do you balance ministry and family, um, one of the best ways to balance it is to really prioritize your family as your ministry. And so then, yeah, we still go out Absolutely. and we make disciples and, and we're out there teaching uh, in our communities or in local congregations. But when we remember that our family is our first priority as ministry, that sure does help keep you in balance, doesn't it? It does. And it's one of the things that I really do appreciate about Langston because, you know, we both have had opportunities come our way. Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, would have taken a huge chunk of time and responsibility. And with the youth of our family, meaning we're a young family, Mm -hmm. um, we had to give it some considerable prayer and thought as far as our level of commitment. And so now there are some opportunities that we get involved in that don't require we're pretty honest, maybe don't require such a heavy commitment, uh, maybe some partnerships mm-hmm. or come to some meetings or strategies or whatever the case may be, uh, because we, we still have two young boys right. and Langston works full time. I'm at home. And so I think we're growing to get to a place where we have a groove and a balance mm-hmm. that I can see uh, coming up in the future that we might be able to step out and do a little bit more. Yeah. Amen. Any closing thoughts on in that regard balance? Well, I, I think also God is a God that sometimes gives you a, uh, an answer real quick. And sometimes he may wait a while and because and, he's God, but some of the immediate fruit that we see with the good job that Shay's doing with the boys is when some people say, you know, your boys are so well mannered. They're so respectful. They're 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 and just to say and you that people say you can tell they've been raised right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I say, you know, that's a blessing. And my first mind is sometimes is to, you know, say something sarcastic about it. But, you know, I, I really soberly appreciate mm-hmm. that because that's a way that, that people that God is showing us. Hey, we appreciate. I appreciate what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Good job. Amen. And, and who who knows what plans and purpose God has for their lives, mm-hmm. that they have to be well grounded in their family and they have to have these values yes. that you're instilling yes. in them and these precepts and principles and to really understand how to keep God first in their lives. Uh, and so you're, you're really doing kingdom work by sowing into the lives of your own children. Mm-hmm. And that's a message for all of our listeners to take to heart. Mr. and Mrs. Langston and Shay Jacobs, thank you for being on the program once again. Just a delight. Listeners, tune in every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. Mountain Time for Living Well with Dr. Pegg. And go to drpegradio.com to attend one of my Do Something Different for a Change personal transformation retreats. My guests have been Mr. and Mrs. Langston and Shay Jacobs. And I'm Dr. Peggy Mitchell-Clark reminding you to live well. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of Living Well with Dr. Peg, brought to you every week by SSI Guardian. To listen to previous episodes, learn more about Dr. Peg's mental health and safety workshops, or to register for an upcoming VIP personal transformation retreat, visit drpegradio.com. You can also purchase Dr. Peg's books, Do Something Different for a Change, and Doggy Tales, Lessons on Life, Love, and Loss I Learned from My Dog, online at drpegradio.com. And remember to join us every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 94.7 KRKS for Living Well with Dr. Peg.